Welcome to another podcast of Trophy Moments and a Few Firsts with Keith Baldwin. And my special guest today is Richard Green, which I'm truly honored to have him here. Richard is the board chair of First Trust Bank here in Philadelphia and a partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations on your recent success with the Eagles. And also congratulations on uh, another recent honor, uh, one of the most influential people in Philadelphia, as uh, according to Philadelphia Magazine. So welcome, Richard. Well, thank you, Keith. Pleasure to be here. And I know that you're extremely busy. You're an extremely busy man. And I, I, it was very important for me to have you here because I, I, I wanted to, and I'll give you some context, our audience, some context of uh, why you're standing in front of me or with me and on my show today. I wanted to thank you. There's, um, I, I, I wrote a book, and that's what the firsts are about, uh, Leap Year First. And you were instrumental, First Trust Bank, in the first company owned by anybody in my family. You lent me the money 20 years ago to buy my company. I don't know if you know that or not, but Mike Dinda was my rep at that time, and uh, First Trust believed in me, and I thank you for that. And then fast forward to 2020, during a very difficult time, First Trust, still my bank, um, and I think as a banker, it's amazing that you went above and beyond. Uh, first time in my life, the, my first on March 20th, was to lay off an employee, and I laid off all 50 of them at 2.30 in the afternoon, and I received a call less than an hour later from another one of your representatives, Beth, and offered me the opportunity to become a call center because one of your other customers, Answernet, had the opportunity and had the contract for the state of New York to become a call center and needed people to fill those seats. And Beth knew that I had 50 people to fill those seats and put me together. And two hours later, I ended up hiring my employees back. You saved, helped me save their jobs. And uh, we became a call center over that weekend and made calls for the next year until our business came back, the awards business. And then also, one last thing, and then we'll get to you. Um, we didn't have our regular business. We were out of business. And we ended up doing some other business, PPE, and we became involved with supplying the state medical gloves for vaccines when that was needed. And it was very difficult to get a hold of. I was able to make the connections to bring those gloves in and supply the state. But in order to do that, I needed money. I need a lot of money because I needed money for the deposits to bring in those containers of gloves to supply the state. And you allowed me, First Trust Bank, to sign a letter, temporary line of credit to support those deposits to supply those gloves and made my company whole. So for that, that's why it was very important for me to have you on this show today. You may or may not know some of the details of that, but for the people out there, First Trust is a third generation bank. Richard is third generation. And I know the history of the bank. Started in 1929 during another very difficult time in our history. Uh, during the Depression, your father, grandfather, started the bank in South Philadelphia helping out people like you helped me. 
during de very difficult times. So thank you. So I know that's a long-winded introduction, <laughs> and I appreciate you allowing me that, sure. but welcome. Well, thank you, Keith. So uh, for, uh, a, few, a few points. First of all, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, it's a pleasure to... Uh, one of the great joys in my line of work is to be able to help people, and then occasionally they remember it. Um, and, <laughs> I remember. And, I'll uh, never and forget. I know, and I know that you do, uh, and that makes it even more worthwhile. But I wanted to go back uh, and start out. You talked about my grandfather. Um, it was it was actually in 1934 that we Sorry still in the that. still in the Great Depression. But you know, this is since this is a show about first we started we. My grandfather was able to get the first Pennsylvania charter for a savings loan uh, in uh, coming out of the Great Depression due to some of the New Deal legislation from Franklin Roosevelt. And he started, he started what was then called First Federal in my great-grandmother's kitchen, and my dad was born in the apartment above. And the reason he started it was because in his neighborhood— one that it was very difficult for some of the. I mean, he was he, first of all about my grandfather. He was uh, a Hungarian immigrant, came over at the turn of the century, and uh, he did a lot of things to uh, to train himself, uh, including learning how to speak English at the Free Library in uh, Pennsylvania at night. Can you imagine in Philadelphia? And and then he took all kinds of had all, all kinds of other jobs. He sold real estate. He sold insurance. He sold shoes. He did a lot of things. But he enjoyed a good reputation in his neighborhood and the community. And they there was not the the commercial banks at the time would not lend, especially to the immigrant community. Um, so people in his neighborhood asked him. They they kept on saying, "Well, somebody should." start a bank, somebody should do that. And my grandfather said, well, I decided I was going to be that somebody. And that's how he was able to go around door to door uh, with my father in tow um, and convince his neighbors to put up, say, $5 of deposits, and he, he would match it. And that, uh, he was able to cobble together $7,500 in deposits, no equity, deposits, so that he could get this charter. And because of the way he was regarded in his community, he was able to do that. $7,500 in those days was a lot of money. Yes. So, so that's how we got started uh, on that premise of, of helping out people who were not, who the banks at the time, were either unable or unwilling to. Serve. So, where did the name come from, First Trust? Well, uh, well, that came, and I'll I'll get there. Okay. Uh, in a minute, but we so we were a, a mutual savings and loan, and my dad came to work uh, for my grandfather after uh, af after he um, finished his undergraduate education and and uh, came back here and finished law school at night at uh, Temple Law School. Um, but when I was in graduate schools, uh, I, uh, I always had in mind that I, I wanted to buy First, First Federal at the time, if we could. Um, and, uh, How old were you? I, well, I was, uh, 
Well, I was 27 when I came out of schools. Okay. And this was uh, right around the time that I, I, in my early 30s, basically, uh, my dad and I came up with a, a way to buy the bank. But before that, here's uh, the story. And I know uh, you ask about kind of what are my trophy moments and what are my firsts. Yes, that's one so, of my questions. So, so if, this if, is your trophy moment? It, so this is it. I'll, I'll tell you, it's it's a little extended, but so stay with me. But I, you, I'm not I'll, going anywhere. I'll tie it, I'll tie it together. <laughs> I... We had in mind that we'd like to find a way, instead of being a mutual, uh, to actually buy the bank. It was very difficult to do. but And I didn't know whether or not this was going to be my calling or not. But in the early 80s, uh, the Eagles were, uh, Leonard Toes owned the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And it became obvious that Leonard would have to sell. Um, I decided to put together a group of people to buy it. And if I had been successful, I would have had a small piece of the team and I would have run the team. Uh, I didn't know that. Yes. So, so I did. And in the, in the process of that, I, uh, I put together a group and the way in which we were going to buy it was through what was then this new technology called a leveraged buyout. Well, I was unsuccessful in buying the team. Norman Brayman outbid me by $5 million, which might as well have been $5 billion because I didn't have it. And, um, but out of that, I learned, uh, I, I learned about the technology of a leveraged buyout. Um, in the year that followed that, I, my dad and I were able to figure out a way to uh, essentially buy the bank by through, through using a leverage buyout. And the re the result of that, uh, was a complicated transaction that had not been done before and probably will not be done again, but we were successful at it. And as a result of that, uh, we ended up owning the bank, uh, and repaying the debt. And uh, now I own the bank free and clear. But uh, through the process of, uh, of, of owning the bank, then uh, in 1994, when Jeffrey Lurie came to town and bought the Eagles, he wanted to have some, uh, some limited partners who, who were local. And since people in town knew that I was interested, they approached me, and that's how I met Jeffrey Lurie. And uh, as a result of that, I was then in a position to be able to make that investment and uh, become his limited partner. So at the end of when the dust settled on this, I owned the bank, and I was able to be a uh, part owner of the Eagles. That's one hell of a trophy moment. It was, it was an, ex, it's been an extraordinary run and it's been 30 years now uh, wow. that I've been, I've enjoyed being partners with uh, Jeffrey. Well, we're, we're, we're recording this at the Pyramid Club and you were telling me that you hadn't been back here in a while and actually, who did you meet here? Oh yeah, well, that, so just coincidentally, uh, when you <laughs> call me, I, I I hadn't thought about it, but uh, I guess it was 31 years ago. Um, this is where I had my first dinner with Jeffrey, uh, 
and you were yeah. playing the Cardinals, and what, what was on the oh, menu? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we were playing the Cardinals that weekend, and the the good people at the Pyramid Club put together a, a menu, which included uh, uh, the roasted Cardinal uh, on the <laughs> did, menu. Did you order that? Uh, of course, of course I did, yes. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had roasted Cardinal. How was it? <laughs> well, it's always good to win. Yeah. It's always good to taste. That. The taste of victory is good. Let's just say that. So that that's one, that's amazing trophy moment that so much work goes into that and probably a little bit of luck. Uh, no question that it was, it was luck and a lot of, a lot of hard work. Look, and, looking back. Yeah. Do you shake your head and say, how did I do that? Or, well, or it was like, I had this. You know, when you're young, uh, there, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to realize that I couldn't do things. And, uh, and so I acted like I could do anything. And this was one of those things that... Uh, you didn't know that you should have failed. Yes, I didn't know. And, Isn't and that a gift? It... it it is, and uh, and you had a goal, and I absolutely had a goal. Did you write it down? Um, like I want to own the bank. Well, you know, I, I, I just I, curious. I, I, I write. Uh, I do live by five-year plans, um, and uh, while I did not write down that I wanted to own the bank, because actually my master's thesis at Wharton had been on converting banks from mutual to stock. And I had had it in mind that if the opportunity arose and it was right to do that, I didn't really even dare to think that we might be able to do it and own it all entirely ourselves. But that came later. But what I did write down was that I wanted to own, uh, own or manage, own and manage a professional sports team. And it was five years almost to the day that I had, since I had written that down on my five-year plan that I made the deal with, with Jeffrey. Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. So the second part of this is, yeah. and I don't know if it's tied in, what's a first? You've done so many things in your life. What's something that you've always wanted to do that you haven't done yet that would be a first for you? Well, uh, I still harbor a, uh, uh, I have a, I have a hankering, I should say, to be able to actually manage a team. I think Howie Roseman does such a great job. I think he's the top GM in the business. I don't think that's probably in, in, uh, in, in the cards, uh, not to mention the fact that I'm a little older than I was <laughs> back when I had that, but uh, I, I do, I do think about that, uh, once in a while. Um, other than that, you know, I'm at a the stage in my life, uh, since I, uh, I relinquished my CEO title and now own the bank and are the cha- and the chairman where I'm kind of playing with a few different things. Uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of that I'm doing that I think I can take to a different level is, uh, we started a foundation named in honor of my parents uh, and my the Green, brother, family, the Green found, family Foundation. Green Family Foundation. And it's... So uh, tell us about that. Sure. Uh, and I'm doing that with not only my my children, but also with my brothers and uh, 
and and their families. And we're uh, currently devoted to basically serving basic human needs. When, when did you start that? It was, well, 2005 okay. was when we were incorporated, but uh, we really have begun the work in earnest when we funded it uh, three years ago. Okay. So uh, in these three years, we've been building out the mission of it and our values uh, and where we've landed on, at least for for the foreseeable future, is dealing with basic human needs uh, focused on uh, food insecurity, on uh, anti-gun violence, and on uh, climate change. Because uh, basically goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And uh, if you remember your psychology, yeah, I do remember, yep. But when he did that, and so it doesn't matter, you want to self-actualize, but you can't self-actualize until you can take care of basic human needs of food, clothing, shelter, medical care, education. And those are the things that we're uh, devoted to. But in addition, when Maslow wrote his hierarchy of needs, there was an assumption that there was an abundance of uh, free air and free water. And that has been called into question. So we are focused somewhat on climate change as well. So give, give the audience an idea of how you're focusing it. Do you give grants? And what was the first grant you gave out that the yeah. foundation gave out? Well, um, I'm, I, don't, I, I, I don't think I can remember the first one okay. we did, although we have done some uh, So low, what's the one you're most lower, proud of? Well, there's, uh, I, I, I'm proud of a lot of them, uh, but two that are of uh, uh, particular import here, one – um, Federation Housing, mm-hmm. uh, we support, and we uh, named uh, named this is low income uh, elderly housing in the Philadelphia area, and the first we we gave a significant grant and named the first uh, house that we did after my grandfather, the Samuel A. Green House, and then uh, in my mother's honor we did another one. Uh, called the Florence Greenhouse, uh, and we're coming up in the next uh, year or so. Uh, we have funding uh, lined up for one that uh, is will be immediately adjacent to the Flow Greenhouse, which we'll call the Daniel Greenhouse. So I have my parents together in this. So that one. Where's that located? One. It's up in uh, Somerton. Up. Uh, yes, you know yeah. where Summit. Yeah, yeah. So I knew so, I knew where it was. I just yeah. wanted my audience yes. to know where it's located. Yes. And yes. So, so uh, who are you serving there? Who walks in the door of that uh, facility? Uh, well, they're lined up to walk in the uh, naturally aging Un- population. Unfortunately, but there are a lot of elderly and uh, lower income uh, residents of Philadelphia who are looking for a safe, clean place that they can live with uh, dignity. Have, have some of them been on the streets? Are they coming off the streets or are they coming out of other situations? Uh, I, I think there probably are some on the streets, but I, most are coming out of housing they, that they just can't afford uh, to maintain or situations where there are burdens to their family and uh, it's a way for them to uh, do that. And the, the programs provide 
access to food and shopping and medical care and and activities and and it's a you know really a one a wonderful place to be uh, to live your life with with in safety and dignity. Yeah, yeah. The, the 2020 made me appreciate that more than ever. One of my first was uh, sleeping on the streets. I was on Sixth Street between Race and Callahill, December 5th, and it was cold. And I was there on the side of a hill in a sleeping bag. I don't know how they do it. Um, and it, I wanted to understand what it felt like to lose everything. I mean, we take it for granted. The house we, we live in, the food that we get, to your point, just the bare minimum. And some people aren't that fortunate to have that. So that you're able to serve that community is just very commendable. And I'm sure your grandfather would be extremely proud and your father would be proud and your mother would be proud. Um, oh, I, one question when you were telling that story about buying the bank. Was your grandfather, what did he have to say about that? Was oh, he, oh, he wasn't. Uh, no he longer, passed away? He passed, yes. Okay. How, how long after that? Well, he passed away, I guess, in uh, uh, 1979. So this was. So who, who uh, owned was, the bank at that point? A, well, a, a mutual uh, savings loan, like a mutual insurance company, is, not, is, is technically owned by the depositors right. or the policyholders. But as a practical matter, it's really not owned by anybody. It's a kind of a legal fiction that they do that the depositors own the bank, uh, because, but they have no risk. Their, insure, their deposits are insured, and they get their rate of return, whether the bank succeeds or not. So it's, that doesn't, it's not like a normal shareholder arrangement. Uh, it's a legal fiction that was invented to create this, this thing. So in, our, in the process, um, we, we basically have to, uh, to convert, had to offer, offer shares to our depositors. But we, we acted, we basically said, well, if you don't want to buy it, then we'll buy it. And that's how we did it. Yeah. Hey, was that, did you, was there anybody else at the time that you looked at and said, you know, I'm learning from them and you use those? Or did you just kind of I figure would, this out on your I own? I would say that, uh, well, parts of it I learned from different people. One, the technique to finance it was through the leverage buyout that I learned Yep. Through my unsuccessful, first unsuccessful <laughs> bid for the team. Uh, so and, there, there's yeah. a lesson there. So you failed. Yes. Were yes. you disappointed? I'm, I was very disappointed, but... Uh, but you didn't let it stop you. Well, uh, most entrepreneurs that I know have failed at one time or another. And, it, and, like, and you learn. Like any adversity in life, it's not whether you face it, it's, it's how you react to it. And so for me, it just, I said, well, okay, uh, I've, I've learned, I've learned a lot of valuable things, tuck it away. <laughs> and, uh, the benefits, I always tell my children, the benefits of a good liberal arts education is that if you're, if you, if you do it right, you can, you can see patterns, you, you can see patterns out of things that are disconnected and, uh, learn from all experiences. So you, you said you'd get to, how did First Trust get named? Oh, so in the process, when we were converting, we had to go 
we were a first federal savings loan. So, so we had first federal, in the name. So we had, well, we had first in the name, which we always believe in. You know, I always, I never aspire to be anything less than first. Um, and that was in the name. I didn't steal that when I wrote the book. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. That's okay. And, and, and we didn't, and we didn't steal it either, but uh, we're not the first people to think about first. Um, uh, but we had that, but we had to change. We had to get federal out of the name because we became state. And then we weren't a savings loan anymore. So we had to come up with a new name for, for that. So we, uh, we hired some uh, fancy, fancy Madison Avenue uh, <laughs> people to come tell us what we already knew, and uh, and and they they helped us realize that one first is powerful, and second, we uh, our origins are rooted in trust, and so when we it was kind of a first ballot Hall of Fame uh, decision when. The name was put up there. It was you knew immediately. We knew we knew that this was for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going forward, so you're chairman now. You gave up CEO. What's in the future for First Trust? Who's is there a fourth generation? Uh, well, uh, yes. Um, I have I have a son uh, who has just finished. Uh, I've he, met him. He, yeah. he's what a great kid. Well, well, thank you. So, so uh, he's and he's learning. He he had worked for us a couple of years, and then had worked uh, during the time he was at Wharton to get his MBA. Uh, he's now back uh, working uh, with us and learning uh, learning the bank, and also helping us in where where his primary attention is right now is kind of on our uh, corporate venture side looking at the intersection of finance and technology uh, because that's pretty much where the business is headed. And, and we'll see, I mean, I don't know whether he wanted, whether he wants the job that I had uh, or Did not. Did you ask him? So, uh, well, we're talking, let me say we're in discussions <laughs> and, and, uh, but he, I want him, he has to know what the job is. Yeah. And, uh, like I feel with all my children, uh, you you not only have to be interested but capable. Yep. And uh, and that's what we're going to find out. So so I'm happy. In the meantime, uh, Tim Abel, who uh, we've worked together for 20 years, the best. And Tim Abel is is a incredibly well respected banker, and he's he's. I always say about Tim is he's a he's a great banker and an even better man. Yes, and I would agree with and that. And for me to give up my CEO title <laughs> for my family business um, was that hard? Uh, very difficult for me, but uh, I I felt like it was important for me to see whether or not one whether I could tolerate anyone else uh, running my business besides me, and also. Uh, but the primary thing was really to give me time to focus on what I think the next the next generation of great leaders will be. And Tim's done a great job, and uh, so far he's really been in the job. Do you miss it? Uh, Do you miss the the day to day? You know, being well, having uh, your hands on it. Yeah, it, it's. I, I mean, I am 
as the people at First Trust will tell you, I am not disconnected from I know what that. happens there. Um, but, but, but you know what uh, I mean. But I, I, I would tell you um, the way I counsel our clients. We, we, we finance a lot of family businesses, small businesses, privately owned businesses, um, professionals, real estate professionals, entrepreneurs, and when they do what they do well, they usually they usually come up with a situation where either they're transferring uh, their the business to their children or they're have they're selling. And when I counsel them, I say I, I say two things. One, before you do this, make sure you have in mind that you're go you're not leaving something. You're going to something else. That is so important to know. Yes. I know a number of people that have sold their business. It was their identity. It was their life. They didn't have something to go to. They didn't have a reason to get up in the morning. And they're depressed. Yeah. So so it's very important that you have that. Yeah. And and the second thing is, first, do nothing for six months. And... Did you do that? I, I will. I, <laughs> I can't see you doing nothing for six months. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say I did. I wouldn't say I did. So nothing. your version of nothing. I, I did. Yes, I I did less. And then and then in March, of course, that I, it, it was effective. This the the beginning of this year in January, and then in March, Silicon Valley Bank happened, and I all of a sudden I was back at work, um, working hand in hand with Tim to make sure that we were, we were fine, which we are, I'm happy to say, but, uh, it got me back. So I, I basically said, all right, my new six months <laughs> starts from July one. Um, and as a result, so I, I, I would say, have you, you been know, traveling or, uh, well, I, I, I travel. And of course, you know, it's when, once it's football season, yeah, you're, you're I'm immersed, always, I'm, I'm immersed in, in that, but, and with the, the foundation work that we're doing and I have other interests. I, I built up over the years. I have a real estate company and we own uh, mostly multifamily units across the country. Um, so, so I have lots of things um, besides trying to be a mentor of some, of some kind to my three children. Uh, I have things that, that occupy my time. Um, but, uh, but is it hard? It, it's, uh, you know, the, cause that's your identity. The, well, right? that's well, who you are. Well, I, I like to think that I'm more than that. I understand that. Um, but I understand the issue. Uh, you, you devote your life to building something. Yes. And it's hard to disassociate from it. And I, I never want to disassociate from it, but what I want to do is I, I want to make sure that it's in good hands. I want to have a, a role in, in bringing on and cultivating the next generation of, of great leaders at First Trust. And I want to be able to do other things uh, and, and to see whether or not, you know, it's going to be a fourth generation business or it won't. Um, or... It may be some combination. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're near the end of our time. And so is there anything else you want to uh, tell my audience before we end it about uh, upcoming first that you may be thinking about? 
other than managing a, a team um, that you haven't done? Well, yeah, I, I would, I would say, you know, for me, there's, there's some travel that I haven't so, done so in, I'm my, in, the in my life. Yeah. So what's yeah. the one place that you haven't been that you want to get to? I don't know that I have one place no. really. I, 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 Top three. <laughs> I, so, uh, well, there, there's, there's, there's certain, I, I, I haven't traveled in the far East, uh, or Asia and I would like to do that. So you haven't um, been to China? I haven't been to China. I haven't been to Japan. I haven't. I've been. heard so much, so many good things about Japan. I haven't been there. It's one yeah. of my, on my list. Yeah. I've been through China for purchasing purposes, Hong Kong, and then in, yeah. inside. I haven't had the chance, even though in college, I spent a lot of time studying uh, China and Japan. Um, but China uh, has changed. Yeah. I've been there over a number of years and it's, it's changed. Hong Kong has changed. Yeah, well, that I'm, I've heard. Yeah, I'm sure you're well aware am, of that. I am. So, uh, but uh, that's, I mean, I, it's something that I want to do. Um, I don't feel. You're not burning. I don't feel like it's a, it's, it's, it's a burning issue, although I would say that in my life, the benefits of travel have been, uh, there, there are a lot more benefits to travel than just to travel. Uh, and so I encourage it, but mostly my the culture travel. culture and meeting people and just learning? Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's that. Um, I should say that one of the other things that I do, I, I, na- I, have, I have interests in, in uh, now three hotels in Turks and Caicos. And Turks and Caicos became a place that I, I found... Um, basically around 30 years ago and I love it. I, uh, so I, I spend as much time there as I can. And as is my want, uh, I could, I can't just go and be there. I somehow had to be involved in some development (laughs) or some business, uh, there as, as well. So, so I've, and I've watched Turks and Caicos kind of grow and prosper over these last years which brings me joy. So in a sense, that's, that's, that's my main international trip. Well, on those happy thoughts, we're going to end it. And I want to thank you again for gracing us and me with your presence. And thank you very much. Well, uh, Keith, first of all, you're, uh, you're one of a kind and uh, it's a pleasure <laughs> to know you. And I, I'm, I'm constantly impressed with the way your life keeps evolving. So keep up, You keep up the good work, too. Thank you, Richard. Take care. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.